Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Uh, should he come to Kansas City? Um, saw this little write-up on Mike Evans. Evans enters his free agency season coming off one of the best games of his life. He was great the other day. His eight catches for 147 yards and a touchdown included a screen-diving circus catch near the Lions goal line. That catch was terrific. In 10 seasons, including the playoffs, his average year, 81 catches, 1,238 yards, and 10 touchdowns. His average year, Bob, 10 touchdowns. That's insane, right? With a lot of prime left. Mm-hmm. What free agent do you want the Chiefs to target next offseason? I'm falling more and more in love with, hey, if you think if you think Mike Evans has still got two years in the tank, go get him. Go get him, right? I, and I, I'm supportive of that. I'm not a sign a guy over 30, but the way Mike Evans is playing right now, to me, is worth the the opportunity to give him a two-year deal. I'm not interested in a three. I'm not interested in a four. I'm not interested in a five. But if Mike Evans wants a two-year deal to play with Patrick Mahomes to have one last tr- try to get a Super Bowl championship again, then I'm all about going out and getting Mike Evans. I like T Higgins. That's another name that has been on my list. And and I don't know where we're going to be with the Chris Jones situation, but the Carolina Panthers and Brian Burns, I, I, I'm sure they're probably going to franchise him, but that's just another name that I would be looking at as well. He's a younger version of Chris Jones, but if the Carolina Panthers do franchise him, two first-round picks for Brian Burns probably isn't worth it. You can find a guy in the draft. But you, you know how I feel about free agency. I'm not a guy that goes out there and spends – Big money in free agency. I'd be looking for a defensive lineman. I'd be looking for maybe another linebacker if Willie Gay decides to leave and go, you know, somewhere else and get a bigger paycheck. I'm always in the offensive line, you know, category. And they need to be. They, they need to be in the offensive line category right now. So that's where I would focus my attention right now. I, I just really I, – I like the Evans signing for a couple of reasons. One, he's still got still got stuff in the tank. Yeah. I like the mentorship well as well. Mm-hmm. Been there, done that. No offense to T. Higgins. Right. He's never been a one. Right. He's never been a one. You're right. You're right. So do you come here and do that? But are you the one here when you come here? Because the perception will be that you're the one. But Rashi Rice had basically a thousand yards as a rookie. It has been really Correct. good in the playoffs. Like I, can I would, T. Higgins come here and be the two? Why not? Maybe. Nobody will believe he's the two. Correct. That's the problem. He won't the, sign he, as a two. Right. He'll, he, he's, he, yeah, I <laughs> right? see what you're saying. Mike he, Evans, he's gonna I feel like from, veteran yeah. guy. You know he's the veteran guy. You know he's going to get paid. Yeah. But can he come here and be whatever you need him to be? Right. Hmm. That one's intriguing. Mm-hmm. Intriguing to me. 
And man, he can still play. He can too. still play. He was he was great the other day, man. Like watching Mike Evans play on what was it Saturday or Sunday? Sunday was was special. Like I mean, he was all over the place. He was he had a nice wheel route catch. You mentioned the one right before the goal line. Like that dude played his ass off and has really been playing his ass off all season long in a contract year. It does scare me a little bit, but you mentioned the numbers. He's been consistent for his entire 10 years here in the NFL. But for me, where he is in age, no more than a two-year deal. I'd love a one-year with an option for a second. Probably not going to happen that way, but I wouldn't give him anything more than a two-year deal. But that's a guy I absolutely sit down and talk to. Yeah, would you come here for two? Yeah. And again, if somebody wants three or four, see ya. Right. But it's going to take three or four, probably four with T. Probably so. You know what I mean? Probably so. So there is yeah. some risk involved with that, too. Right. If he even gets away from Cincinnati. There's still right. an option. And there's it. still an option he never gets away he from Cincinnati. He never gets away from yeah. Cincinnati. So, all right. I love to come out of the draft, and I'm trying not to say it like that. Right. Because I hate that. I hate that, yeah. But the dude's still playing. But he's one of those I did few love guys that you the draft. truly and he's still remember playing. loving coming out of the draft, and the guy's still doing <laughs> good still things. Balling. So pat yourself on the back, because you wanted Geno Smith. <laughs> I loved him going to the draft. But no, before that, it was probably before that, right? It was Manziel and Evan. Oh, you yeah. bring those two oh, here. Oh, God, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Bring That's them like together. Fire and ice. Yeah. Let's go. What's Johnny doing now? Um, videos, I think. Yeah. Dating starlets. Maybe. I'm not sure the know. Buffalo security guard's mad about that. Johnny Manziel dated a hot chick. We have a vote. But now what? And we'll talk to Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, our 610 Sports Radio Chiefs Insider. will drop by at 825, all coming next. Fesco in the morning. Brought to you by Rainer Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RainerKC.com. The voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, joins Bob and Josh every Friday at 730. Right here on your official broadcast partner, the Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Hey, that's what the Chiefs are doing, taking it to the streets because they're playing on the road. See what we did here? Are you guys taking a bus to Baltimore or are you going to fly? I think you have to take a Greyhound, I think, in and out of Baltimore. I think. Yeah. That's what the wire taught me anyway. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, uh, nobody flew there. Nope. I want Baltimore to be a much better city than it is. I like the Inner Harbor. I love Camden Yards. 
seen a game where you're going to go to M&T Bank Stadium is a lot of fun. Amsterdam, not so much. Mm, I mean, the Inner Harbor, not so much. I mean, we were there two years ago and cops everywhere. We had just missed somebody getting shot. Like, I've never seen anything. It was just, just not safe. I just didn't feel safe after seeing that and witnessing that right there in the Inner mm-hmm. Harbor. So mm-hmm. be careful when you're in Baltimore. All right. We're going to talk to Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride coming up in about five minutes. Our 610 Sports Radio Chiefs. Insider will join us coming up in uh, five minutes. I guess now it's on to the voters. That's good news. Now there still needs to be an information dump at some point in time before an April election, right? So they overrode the veto Mm -hmm. in in Jackson County and the sales. Veto? Who's he? The veto. Oh. Not veto. Oh. Well, I don't know. You call him veto. Okay. Frank, I believe. Frank Veto? Yeah. Never heard of him. So now it'll be on the ballot. It's on the ballot. That's good. Great. You get an opportunity. If you like it, vote for it. If you don't, don't. But at least you get a chance now. At least you get a chance. And that's what it's all about. Let the people speak, right? It's it's not for, for politicians to decide what to do. It's for the people deciding. Thank you what very much. Somebody wrote my segue a little late for me. We we're talking about Baltimore, and they said, speaking of Clay Davis. <laughs> Thank you. Good job, 573. I bet I, I thought about it. I would have money if he'd given it away. Speaking of Clay Davis, the, the stadium goes on to a vote. Uh, well done. Well yeah. done by you. Well yeah. done. Right. It's Baltimore, gentlemen. The gods will not save you. I do like from the 573 again. We can't say it on the air, yeah. but we can go, shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing wrong with some Clay Davis. That's right. Uh, All right. We're going to have a lot of wire drops this week, right? Oh, yeah. I've got them locked and loaded. No, I'm good. I got nothing else to say. If you want to vote for it, vote for it. If you don't, don't. I mean, right now, we don't know what we're voting on. I think the next step has to be information. You have to have some information to vote, I would think. You'd want that information, I think. What exactly are we voting on? Which is which well. is which was the point I brought up last week. I know we were kind of caught up in the Frank White's getting in the way stuff. Right, and, right. And my contention was if some of those things on the on the list weren't answered, then there probably wasn't the need to have a vote. Mm-hmm. And I still think some of that applies. I, I do too. I, I tell st- people where right. the stadium's going to be. Tell people where stadiums are going to be. Right. Tell tell, tell the them what Chiefs, you're going to do with the money. Nobody knows what the Chiefs are going to do with the money, right? And what's your what's your future intentions are? Right. Nobody knows how much money fair. the Hunts are putting in, right? I mean, we've heard nothing from the Chiefs on all this. We know, you know, we know John's going to put in a billion dollars plus cost overruns. Okay, great. Where, where are we building that stadium? I don't know. Chiefs are going to put money into a 60 year old stadium and sign a 40 year lease. Does that really make sense? Renovating a 60-year-old stadium and then having it to be 100? I don't know. Is that their plan? I don't know. I don't know. I don't I'm, know. Ask, I'm just asking these questions. Frank was right with some of the questions that he had. The fact, the way that he went about it and wouldn't talk about it, went into hiding and basically acted like he wanted nothing to do with it. People talking about how he's mad that the organization still fired him. Like He didn't play the game right. Had Frank come out originally and said, hey, this is what we need. This is what we're looking for. We need these questions answered. I think more people would have been supportive of Frank White, but he didn't handle the situation the right way. And so now it turned into a nasty Frank White versus the world type thing, but it's where it needs to be. It needs to be on the ballot. And if you're in favor of it, vote yes. And if you're not in favor of it, vote no. Right now, I don't think you know what you're voting on, though. I would think that the teams, in order to get the vote passed, if that is your intention... Yeah. Ought to get some information out. 
some definitive information for everyone, for right. the people. Here's what you're voting on. Here's what our plan is. Here's what we're going to do. Both teams. Right. Because it may ham- it may hamper how people decide to vote. Exactly. Well, I, I, I think people you. need to know what they're voting on. Okay, the Royals want a new stadium, and John Sherman's putting in a billion dollars plus cost overruns of his own money. Other than that, we know nothing. We know zero about the Chiefs, and we know zero about where the stadium's going to be. We've heard rumors the Star Building appears to be the, the leading site right now. Does it? Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm being. T- but, yeah. but who's telling? Like, if you're a resident of Jackson County, there are three things you need to know before you can even decide whether yes or no. How much the hunts are putting in, what the hunts are going to do with the money at Arrowhead, and where the Royals are going to build their stadium. Correct. That'd be Other nice. than that, someone points out the votes essentially. Do you want to keep sports in Kansas City, Mo? Casey, Mo. Yeah, I mean Get, that. Yeah. Right. Because the, the more I think about the baseball thing, John Sherman should build the ballpark village out in Johnson County. 54% of your season ticket bases out there. Bars will be frequented out there. Like, that seems the more logical approach. I want a downtown stadium, but if you're talking about making the most bang for your buck, go out to the suburbs where the people are, right? Football, keep it where it is. I like, I like the parking lot. I like tailgating. I like that aspect of it. But again... This is all just speculation. We don't know anything because there's been no hard information that's, given. That's the that's I think that's your task, not our task, the team's task between now and April. Yeah. What are you going to do? Right. Answer the questions. Mm-hmm. Or you might not get a vote that goes in your favor right. if you're intending it to go in your favor. Mm-hmm. If the vote passes, they're here to stay in Jackson County. If not, then we can have another conversation on the third. Who's calling? I think it might be Pete. It is Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, presented by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping Kansas City sports fans with all of their legal needs since 1996. Integrity results. That's Mark Ferguson. All right, Pete, we finished up a game. We moved on. We're headed to Baltimore right now. And one of the big reasons is Travis Kelsey has looked like a young, young, young Travis Kelsey. All of a sudden, he's found the fountain of youth, huh? Yeah, I, I don't know if if we're um, just discussing the the week eighteen decision to to sit down enough. I know that uh, it was a big deal at the time, you know, at least locally uh, in KC, just because I think everyone wanted to see him continue that streak into eight seasons of uh, a thousand yards. But by taking off, it it looked like he reinvigorated himself, and it you know, begins to make you wonder just how much maybe that that week one last minute injury was maybe hindering him and he could probably use two full weeks off his feet. But I, I do feel like that he's had some extra juice, some extra energy and it's uh, helping that the team is leaning into guys like rice and uh, Pacheco. And yeah, I guess even Marquez found scantling. Uh, and I think it, it's helping open things up for Kelsey. The two touchdowns in the game were huge. And now uh, he's back on the radar in a, in a way. Now guys, I, it didn't feel like to me he had a seven-game touchdown drought, but I, I mean, I guess the facts are the facts. But it didn't feel like he was he was struggling that much. I felt like he was looking a little bit tired and looked certainly more refreshed. But that seven-game touchdown list streak didn't feel like it was a 
as long as it was. No, guys, I didn't. You? No, I didn't. I didn't really notice it till I saw that yesterday. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. It's been a while. Yeah, and for them to be able to push themselves into the playoffs, uh, you know, they, I think while doing that without Kelsey, I mean, this is just an added boost, kind of late in the year here. Um, in, in a way, I, I think we. Not, not writing him off in the sense of um, like we didn't think he could be a contributor, but I think we were wondering if there would still be someone that you could count on to have the game, be that guy in the postseason. And I think you really proved that the other day. And, and now, uh, to me, you have a couple viable weapons here. And all of a sudden, uh, right when it counts, this offense is opening up a bit. I mean, it feels like it took 19, 20 weeks, but uh, suddenly I think after last game, you're having confidence going into Baltimore. Yeah, how much confidence do you have of where this offense is right now? Obviously, it's not 2018, 2019, 2020 type confidence, but what kind of confidence level do you have with this offense right now? Yeah, this is such an odd year because we have been saying to ourselves uh, for years, well, if the defense can just be above average, uh, this team is going to roll the Super Bowl. And this year was the the exact opposite. And I, I think I'm comfortable saying that this is an above-average offense after last game, and who knows um, what the ceiling can be if guys like Marquez Valdez-Scaling are actually, uh, you know, actually going to play like that. I think they have enough to win with the way the defense played all year uh, and what we saw last game um, as far as just going 2-0 and because it's all you got to do right now. Uh, definitely some problems to fix, but I – can this team win against Baltimore and then go on and win again? I, I think I think they can based upon what I saw. Uh, and the defense uh, in this game struggled for a couple quarters, and I, I thought they really uh, flipped the switch in the fourth quarter, which is good to see going into the next game. Yeah, I was going to ask you about the defense next. Seven points in the second half, Pete. They may give up a few things early, but, boy, they find a way to just shut things down late. I think minus three yards rushing as well in the fourth quarter. Uh, they really can put the lock on in the second half of games. Yeah, I think what what you're seeing is, you know, the the running backs uh, can do a lot of uh, damage against this particular Chiefs team. Teams really struggle to to throw the football, uh, and I think you know that type of of build can only work if the other team gets a, a an early lead. And I think a good example of that was that loss against the Packers, where the Packers were running all over the Chiefs, similar to other teams. But um, what you saw in that game was an early lead that they were able to maintain. Uh, so long as the offense is ticking a little bit, the defense can give up a point, you know, here and there. And you know they're not going to uh, give up too many big plays because they seem to, uh, again, disarm the uh, the top target of the other team. And so uh, I think finally you're starting to see these two units meet in the middle. And kudos to the to the Chiefs uh, because they were able to win a lot of games while I think figuring this all out. Um, but ultimate confidence in this team uh, based upon. Um, what you've seen now in, uh, through these two playoff games. Talking with Pete Sweeney here on 610 Sports Radio, and and one of the injuries, obviously, that reared its ugly head is Joe Tooney. He's been a rock at that left guard spot for the Chiefs since he signed over here from the New England Patriots. And I was talking to somebody yesterday about you know Joe Tooney and kind of where we are, and, and the comment that I got was, eh, and we'll know more today about Joe Tooney. What do you think the likelihood of Joe Tooney playing on Sunday is, Pete? I, I think you know, based upon some of the language that you got, some of the language that we're seeing come out um, as far as the, the, the news breaking, it, it being strained and there's optimism. I, I tend to think Joe is eyeing the Super Bowl right now. Uh, I think you're going to get at least get one game from Nick Allegretti, uh, and you're going to see where you're at with, with Joe in a couple weeks here um, because if you are able to win this game, you get two weeks instead of one, and I think that's the key to this one. 
But Allegretti, um, he's been good. He's been a good backup for the Chiefs. Uh, it, it could have a spot start for uh, Kansas City. This is a guy who's played uh, as a starter before in 2020, played in, in the playoffs in 2020. And so um, good, good for one game, and, and the Chiefs will hope to get full strength if uh, they are able to win another AFC championship. Mike Edwards could be dicey. We know how those concussions are. You never know if those linger. And then, obviously, Willie Gay tried to go last week and really couldn't. So uh, these going to be a wait-and-see all week for both? Yeah, Willie Gay is a, a key uh, player this week, I, I think, to watch just because this is Lamar Jackson and you want to have all your spy options that you can. I think you want to make sure that, that Steve Spagnuolo has all the weapons at, at his disposal. So it uh, looks like they, they shut down Gay after an injury popped up on Saturday. We'll see if they can get him in a place where he could go. I think he's important. Uh, and then, as you mentioned, uh, Mike Edwards would be nice to have in the lineup. Sort of has this turnover gene that only certain players uh, tend to have, uh, which is always big in, in games where I think the teams are evenly matched and you could force a turnover. Um, and, and then for me, you have Shamari Connor uh, there as well, uh, which has been a really nice development for the Chiefs. Uh, if, if Edwards is unable to go, concussions are a little um, mysterious in ways to, to figure out timelines and things like that. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that you, you, it doesn't matter if you lose somebody because we've got backups, but isn't it nice to know that when guys go down, there are so many capable backups at just about every position out there. It just really continues to reassure how great of a talent evaluator Brett Veach has been for his six years here in Kansas City. Yeah, certainly at the, the second and third levels, uh, for sure. The linebacker right. room, a lot of options. Uh, the defensive backs, uh, a lot of options. And this was a point I was kind of alluding to yesterday with, with Andy Reid and just how good Connor played in this game, filling in when he didn't really know who was going to get that many snaps because of, of Edwards. It's just the, the day three players on the defensive side that uh, this team has drafted. I mean, you mentioned uh, Joshua Williams. Uh, Jalen Watson is, a, is another one. Um, Connor came in the fourth round, just like Legereus Sneed. Mike Dana, who's on the other side of, of George Karloftis, came uh, in the fifth round. Uh, they've been very, very good uh, being able to draft these uh, contributors on their rookie deals. And that's how you win. That's one of the keys to winning uh, with the franchise quarterback that you have right now is, is making sure you get stone-cold contributors, uh, even if they're uh, in late rounds and, and still on their rookie contracts. All right, so let, let's start looking at at Baltimore and, and, and moving this thing forward a little bit because that's the next game on the uh, agenda. It seemed like a team that we were going to play every year for a while. We haven't played these guys since 2021. It's been a long time since this, you know, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes Everybody rivalry. in that yeah. game that, like, scored and stuff? Not even there anymore, yeah. right? I mean, Kelsey, like, Kelsey and Mahomes and Jackson, that's like it. And that's it. Everybody else is turned over already. Shows it's amazing. How quick the league turns, yeah. right? And and so I look at this game, Pete, and I say, yeah, Lamar got the best of the Chiefs the last time they played, but that was regular season back in 2021. I think there is more pressure on Lamar Jackson than than obviously Patrick Mahomes in this game. How do you think Lamar handles the pressure this week of being the guy that has to go out there and win to really prove he is a true MVP and legit quarterback in this league? Yeah, I think the pressure is on the the opposing teams in the rest of the way here. Uh, the Chiefs have two Super Bowls in the last four years, right. and they're they're hungry for another one, and kudos to them. I mean, they're really hungry. You can really see that in the postgame locker room the other night. Um, but the, the pressure shifts to every other quarterback. Uh, you know, I was asked the other day, well, you know, who's Patrick Mahomes' biggest rival? It's got to be Josh Allen now. It's like we, we change. This is a carousel. We change it every year. For a second, maybe it's going to be Herbert. It was Lamar before. Uh, then it was Allen, then it was Burrow, and now back to Allen, now back. 
Patrick Mahomes has been the constant, and I think that is the, the key here. Why has he been the constant? Because he's won championships. And I, I think the pressure that you're referring to, you saw it late in the game uh, with, with Josh Allen and, and the Buffalo Bills, and I think it was making them play a little bit passive when in a situation where you probably should have been aggressive to still get the lead, go get the four-point lead against the Chiefs. But uh, they got a little passive there. They were worried about how much time they were going to give the, the ball uh, to Mahomes with, and I think you saw the pressure in a big spot uh, see them unravel. And that's going to be the same for Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. I mean, if you are them, and I, I've been saying this the whole time about the playoffs, you have to be thrilled that the Chiefs are on a quote-unquote down year by their standards, and you have to take advantage of that. I mean, you see the misery right now in Buffalo. That's going to extend to Baltimore. This has got to feel for them like a golden opportunity. And, yes, I, I do believe – uh, the pressure is on the, the quarterback who hasn't won a championship yet, not the one that has won two with two MVPs. Okay, Pete, you mentioned something that I think is is interesting to talk about, and that's like the rivalry to Patrick Mahomes constantly changing. Is it okay that we may have reached a spot where Patrick Mahomes doesn't have a rival, but he's a rival to everybody else? <laughs> yeah, I compare him to to Jordan, you know, at this stage yeah. uh, where or like Kansas basketball in the big 12, like everybody looks at Kansas as a rival, but who's Kansas real rival in the big 12 anymore. They, they really doesn't exist. Whoever they play the next know? game, whoever they play the yeah. next game. And that's kind of where Patrick Mahomes is. I think is that he's his rival is that quarterback that he's facing on Sunday. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, that, and that, that's what Brady was. I mean, it was Brady in the sprinkles. So every once in a while, Peyton Manning would get a super bowl and big Ben was mixed in there. Flacco even found one, but Eventually, you know, Brady would win again, you know, and, and that's the, that's just going to be it. And, and that's what I'm saying when it comes to what is almost like a Mahomes gap year. And it might not be right because, you know, here they are one win away. Like you have to take advantage of whenever there might be any kind of tinker in the armor. And it may be too late, you know, just because of how good the Chiefs offense looks. I'm not saying, again, they're they're as great as they might have been in previous years. But to me, last last night, the other night was an above average outing. Uh, and they can build on that. And man, if the Chiefs offense is going to be there, uh, we know the defense is going to be there. Uh, this window that might have been there suddenly doesn't seem so open. Brady and the Sprinkles could be a very good retirement thing for Brady. He can go tour and play yeah. like Ramada, Ramadas. Great band, but toward the end, yeah. they could, you know, uh, the old number five could open for the Brady and the Sprinkles. It'd be a good, good little tour. Maybe, maybe reverse. Maybe reverse. They open for the oh, old okay. number five. Yeah, Let's we'll do that. Yeah, we you mentioned, that, yeah. mentioned Mahomes, and we've kind of joked about it a little bit, like who's his rival. But, Pete, I can like tip my cap to him. The last three games he's played, uh, the Cincinnati game where I thought like, that was a great tune-up for the postseason, and the postseason, I think he's played really, really well. He's given, he's given the Chiefs exactly what they need at that spot. He doesn't have to overdo it either, but he's playing really well. Yeah, and all the all the the, the quote unquote rivals. Uh, I mean, if anyone has gotten a little bit more out of out of that, it, it's been Burrow. But then Pat gets him back by by winning last year and, and going doing it all. And you look at Tyree Kill. I mean, uh, he really wanted to win one of these games. Was not able to do it in the regular season. Um, was had a had a touchdown. But you take away that play, I think he had nine yards. I mean, he had the really one really great play, uh, and his team lost the game. It's like. As badly as these players want to win, the other night with Josh Allen and the city of Buffalo and, and not wanting to go 0 for 3 against Patrick Mahomes, but it's just no matter what, no matter how badly these teams want it, no matter how much they prepare, it seems like Mahomes is undeniable. So, I mean, I think if you're Baltimore, there's probably some slight excitement. Hey, you know, we can maybe take advantage of this, but I think there's also some trepidation in like, well, it doesn't really matter. Um, 
Mahomes is going to come in and, and rip our hearts out anyway. Yeah, it, it's just it's so much better if you're Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs this week because you're the fourth team in a four-team field that's left that anybody's talking about. Everybody loves Brock Purdy. Everybody still wants to know why Josh Allen can't play on Sunday. Um, and, and nobody's talking about the Chiefs. They're all talking about how Baltimore is going to beat him. And like, this is a great spot to be in for Kansas City. I'm so excited to see how Mahomes and company come out on Sunday, knowing that all week everybody's been picking the Ravens and telling them that they're not any good anymore. Yet here they are in the AFC championship game. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it, it's, it's gotta be maddening for uh, other NFL cities. I'm sure that there's a lot of, you know, people out there this year saying anybody but the Chiefs, especially in the AFC. Um, and it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter. And, and like, I, I think we saw uh, a, a, a new kind of awesome version of, of Mahomes, uh, of course, not at the podium where he's always respectful, um, but you just saw how happy he was to be getting pelted with snowballs as he's beaming, running off the field. And he, he kind of uh, alluded to in the press conference that he enjoyed um, being the the uh, enemy, you know, among knocking a team out in their own building. And then if you go to the locker room video as he's talking to the team, he's like, you know, they asked for this. They wanted this. And so um, where I think we were talking about, well, what is Mahomes going to do on the road all week last week? I now I suddenly think, we well, I think he kind of likes it in a weird way. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I saw a, a I, I think there's even a case to be made that he might like it more than being at home in the playoffs. He seemed to really, really like uh, disappointing the opposing fans. So uh, that bodes well for Chiefs fans on Sunday uh, going into this one. All right. Have an enjoyable week. Thank you, Pete. All right, guys. Pete Sweeney of Arrowhead Pride, our 610 Sports Radio Chiefs insider. Get there. Uh, get his uh, email or his uh, his headlines right to your inbox every day. Check out their newsletter at Arrowhead Pride. Com. Presented by Mark Ferguson, the attorney that's been helping Kansas City sports fans with all their legal needs since 1996. Integrity results. That's Mark Ferguson. How we evaluate Chris Jones. Let's discuss it next. Fesco in the morning. If anybody is an eyewitness to the Karen off at 71st and Tom off this morning, let us know. Brought to you by Rainer Garage Doors of Kansas City. LiftMaster has patented MyQ technology. It's no wonder LiftMaster is the number one professionally installed garage door opener. Find us at RainerKC.com. Not Mike Jones, Chris Jones. Chris. Oh, well, I was looking for Chris Jones. Back at it on a Tuesday along with Bob Fesco. I'm Josh Klingler, Brian Williams, beat up producing. Jay Southland, Toe Service Text Line, always open at 913-586-7610. Somebody took my uh, post-it note that has that number on there, though. Uh-oh. I need to replace that. That was here for like a couple of years. No, we just changed the phone line like a year ago. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't even think it's been a year. <laughs> but that thing, I mean, nobody nobody by the curtain, not even by the curtain, we said this word, nobody cleans around here. Oh, Carrington's, God, a, no. Carrington's a pig pig pen. Yeah, he's the only one that's right? dirty is Carrington, yeah. And I have one thing that I leave here every day. Mm-hmm. The and that's number. that posty note that's got the phone number on it. Got there. in the way of some chewed pens, empty glasses, but it and, has stayed there. Uh, it is rubbish. not it is not moved and it's not there. Uh-oh. And I know the phone number, but it was there was a certain level of a that's the security that I knew that it was right there. I yeah. could write down anywhere, but it was right there every time I needed it. But you know what happened? The gone. stickiness wore off the back of that post-it note for because for years is just <laughs> Was it only a year? It feels like it's longer. I don't even think it's been a year since we changed the phone line. BW, were you here less than a year? Right. right. 
Well, anyway, it was there for a year, and now suddenly it's gone. And I don't like it. And I'm hyperbolic, there's, there's Bob. Chewed pens. There's a sippy cup that's been laying here on its side for like weeks. There's a sippy no cup over there. Yeah, I can't see that. Let me see what that is. Oh my God! There is. No, that's a sippy cup. That's a sippy cup. Yeah, there's an empty, dirty glass. Like Carrington just huh. just leaves all his and stuff around. And you couldn't around. leave my one post-it note that had the phone number on it. Yeah, I got the way of. I told you, a chewed pen. What are you missing here, Josh? So I'm going to I'm the post it somewhere else. How about that, Kelsey? He's washed. <laughs> what do you think, Rob? Let's get Michelle to fly on and talk about it. I don't know if people appreciate your Stanley Waldorf impression applying it to Robin Carrington or not. Yeah. I, I really do. I Sean Barber great. does, I okay, think. Good. I think Barbershop good. does. He may be the only one, but I don't care. If I'm just doing it for shopping you, I'm okay, doing good, it, you good, know? Good. That was cool. wonderful. Bravo! I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It though. could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. I was terrible. Get him away! Hey, boo! Boo! Robin Carrington after talking about the Buffalo game. <laughs> I don't know how this team's going to win with MVS. The highest rated receiver in the divisional round, according to Pro Football Focus. Which is stupid. He which, had two catches. Let's even, not go over Which even, here. I mean, I don't. That's ridiculous. I don't know what to make of their numbers most of the time, but sometimes I'm like, okay, okay, I'll give you something. That he had one two makes catches for like that one makes no sense to me. What do you have? Thirty one yards on one play and ten on another. Like that made no they had sense. Two thirty yard catches, but no, two thirty yard catches, yeah. sixty yards. Yeah, two catches for sixty yards, and you're yeah. the number. Did you see what Mike Evans did? <laughs> yeah, uh, four targets. Two receptions, 62 yards. And that's considered the number one receiver. <laughs> yes. You see why semi-pro football out of focus is so ridiculous. <laughs> that one I don't understand. I'll give you that. That Shakir guy had a better day than MVS did. I don't. I don't. Just. In the same game. Just throwing those numbers out there for you. All right. <laughs> this comes from uh, Mina Kimes of ESPN, who says, Chris Jones lined up at the edge six times. Once he forced the fumble. Another, he forced the incompletion everyone is arguing about. The ultimate closer and one of the most impactful postseason players of my lifetime. Ow. That That's hyperbolic. She's there. a little young. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. But it does bring up the interesting question of how we evaluate Chris Jones. I think you two specifically are way harder on him than I am. I can appreciate, I can appreciate the other stuff he does without getting sacks. Mm-hmm. And that the, the attention he gets... As well, he is the guy that is. We need. Hey, we need to. We need to account for him. He's getting. He's getting double teamed a lot. Not all the time, but a lot. I thought this week he. I thought he showed more motor this week. People have accused him of like the non-motor thing, like oh, he quits on run plays and whatever. His motor was going the the entire time. Now, did they do a great job against the run in terms of yardage? Not necessarily. No. But I saw him. But they give up 182 yards yeah. rushing. That's not I, good. No. I saw him, though, I felt being more active in the run game this week. Okay. Get, keeping after Josh and Allen. I'll take trying, your word for it again. He's trying, on the sidelines. Trying not to to let him get away. There was a couple times I think he had him by like a, the shirt tail work. There was one where he, he was getting drugged down if, the field. If, yeah. he, if he broke, he might have he might have ran for a while. Yeah. Um. So I, I find it interesting how we evaluate Chris Jones uh, because he's going to be a coveted free agent this offseason, mm-hmm. whether it's here or elsewhere. Again, I think he's probably priced himself out of Kansas City, but there will be some team that's going to pay pay that 
I think, pay that tax to be able to get it done. But to me, it's not just about sacks for him. Um, it, it It is about some of the little things in the disruption he causes without even necessarily getting a sack. Okay, so I'm going to give my take, B-Dub, then you can give your take on this as as well through, uh, through all of this. Okay, so here's how I view Chris Jones. I view Chris Jones as a really, really good football player. But when you hold out and when you talk about money and you can't reach a contract deal and you miss a game, then I expect you to go out there and you to be Superman. And I could speak out of both sides of my mouth on this because I do appreciate all the other stuff that you're talking about. I mean, him pushing that left tackle back into Josh Allen and, and, and affecting that throw was one of the biggest plays in the game. But I look at it from if you're going to talk about money and you're going to sit in a suite while your team is out there busting it, then you had better go out there and put up those dynamic numbers. I, I, I want guys to get paid. I think they should get paid. But when they're getting paid gets in the way of doing what's best for the team, that's where I start to have an issue and just, and and start to have a problem. And so that's kind of how I view Chris Jones. You want thirty million a year, then you better go out and play like you're a thirty million dollar a year player every single time. And I, I think it it's not just about sacks anymore. I think he needs to be a, more of a tackle guy. Yeah, okay. he doesn't get yeah. a lot of tackles. You look at like nose tackle numbers. Yeah, defensive tackle numbers from around the league. He's an, he's never a high tackle guy. Right. Um. And Derek a lot of Thomas wasn't a high tackle. And guy a lot either. of those, a lot of those, you know, you have to judge that impact play things. And I, I do see him make impact plays, even yep, though he does. And I hate, but I hate that too. Cause I hate the, well, the, uh, if you're a defensive end, you set the, uh, you know, those All types that of crap, or a yeah. blocking wide yeah. receiver. I'm like, right. uh, but I do, I do give him more credit than I think you guys do in terms of doing those other things that maybe set up others yeah, and that's fair. or, or, uh, waste a lot of other people's time. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> waste two alignments time. Absolutely. To be able to to make plays. I just am so like I don't want to say I'm bitter or bent or anything like that. I'm just I was just frustrated by the way his whole contract situation went down because I know that there could have been other things that the team wanted to do that they couldn't do because they were stuck in purgatory waiting for him and his dopey agents. I fall into the trap of wanting him to be Aaron Donald. Mm-hmm. I want him to show me that he can take on the run, stop the run, plug the gaps, make the tackle, plus go get the quarterback. And I understand, look, he got all the credit from Andy and the coaching staff for making the change in the second half against Buffalo. He, I guess he went over there and Cullen didn't have to break a tablet or anything. He was like, all right, you know what? Stop. Stop with the one-on-ones. Protect your gaps. Get back in your lanes. Got Tranquil and the linebackers set to where they could plug the gaps and do what they were supposed to do. So, and, and I also love that he takes on the double teams because there's no way Karloftis has the year that he's having right now if Jones isn't taking on the double teams. I just fall into the trap that you'll want that money. You want Aaron Donald money. I need to see you do it on both ends. I don't need to see you stop after the quarterback has made, you know, his little getaway and, you know, the, and that's what I thought he did better last week. There was some, there's some trotting after plays. Last week was much, much better during the season. It was one and done. You know, he would get into the backfield and then just stop. But I just fall in that trap of, okay, you want Aaron Donald money. I need to see Aaron Donald play. And sometimes plays are taking off to the naked eye, but he does a lot out there and, we're going to miss it next year. I, I, I'm not lying to myself in no way, shape, or form. We're going to miss that next year. And, yep, and yeah, hopefully yeah, there's yeah, a yeah. plan that Beach has. Yeah. 
Yeah, because he's going to walk out of the door a very good player. Yes, he is. With still two or three right. more And you're going to have to make an adjustment for him. Right. Yes. And it's not as simple as, hey, George, you got to go get 15 and a half sacks now. Right. Right. Because that's not happening. Yeah. Not without a, a, a dominant player that you draft or pick up plugging up that middle. But I, I mean, with the way that Brett Veach drafts, though, guys, why can't he go out and find the next Chris Jones? Right. Like, is, is there something that says you can't go out and do that if you let him walk in free agency? Odds. Like, <laughs> I guess odds would come but back you to that. Want, you wouldn't play the odds last week with Buffalo or the or the do factor last week. Like everybody was saying Buffalo's going to win because the odds say it's about time for them to win. You're like, well, we can't play that game. I know the way that Brett Veach has drafted over the last couple of years. It's been phenomenal. So if Chris Jones has to graduate to a, to the Carolina Panthers and make $30 million a year in purgatory, fine. I believe that Brett Veach is going to backfill this well, thing because he's done a really nice job to. of doing yeah. it. Yeah, and, But you might not be able to in year one either. I'm, I'm not even going to say. Oh, God, they, no, the pressure on whoever they draft. Yeah, yeah you, you might have to do it a different, different way. Now they've, right. they've kind of beefed up the ends, you know, George. Felix has got to give you something. Yes. Been in, in active, was take a big active. inactive for two playoff games. Yeah. He's going to be on the microscope soon, right? Yeah, 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 um, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be a different defense next year. But That's, the way that this defense is playing right now, you don't need Felix. If this defense no, wasn't no, no, playing, you right. no, no, get no. more of an opportunity. You're, you're, this, yeah. this year's this year's team has allowed him to take a redshirt year. Right. And so here, here's something that I do want to answer from the Jay Southland Toe Service text line, guys, from the 816. Why can't we franchise tag him and trade him to at least get something back? Totally involved with that as well. I love that you idea. You can. The problem, though, is had Chris Jones signed his contract, you wouldn't have to decide, are we going to franchise Chris Jones or Legereus Sneed? It makes re-signing Legereus Sneed tougher if you franchise Chris Jones, because you won't be able to franchise Legereus Sneed. In my opinion, Legereus Sneed is a thousand times more valuable to this defense than Chris Jones is. The man throat punched Tyreek Hill and dropped him to his knees, and he didn't give up his first touchdown until Sunday this year. And he didn't give up one in 2023. So you can say the calendar year flip, right? He's been unbelievable. Now, has he been good because of the defensive line? Yes, they work hand in hand, but I would love to be sitting in a situation where Chris Jones still had two more years on his contract because he didn't mess around this last offseason season and basically get no new money, right? The guy broke even when it was all said and done. And now we've got to decide between Jones and Sneed with that franchise tag. And to me, there's no decision to be made. It's Legereus Sneed because he's younger and he plays a premium position, you know, in the NFL right now. And he may be the best at playing that position in the NFL. So Chris Jones not signing and not taking that deal really had an adverse effect on a lot of different moves. DeAndre Hopkins coming here, Legereus Sneed, Trent McDuffie, they want to sign long-term Bolton, the interior offensive line, like Chris Jones basically froze the Chiefs' assets for two months where they couldn't do anything because they didn't know what was going to go on, and that's when both sides expected at the beginning to have a non-adversarial relationship. So I look at Chris Jones, I go, yeah, great player, but, man, you handcuffed this organization for July, August, and September. And you could be delaying it again this year if they they choose to drag it out. If they choose to drag it out, right, with the franchise tag. Right. That would also drag it out, so... Uh, embracing the villain role. Seems the Chiefs are good with it. Next. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. 
Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.